ELC Radio. Love God. Lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. To Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. there in Acts chapter one. All right, let's go ahead and read this. We've been in a series entitled in it, but not of it. And I want to continue in that. Okay, so let's look at Acts chapter one, four through eight. It says, and being assembled together with them, he speaking about Jesus commanded them, his disciples, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Holy Spirit has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence here today, Lord. And we just thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, Lord. Help us to always remain thankful. And right now, Lord, we open up our hearts and our minds to you. Holy Spirit, we need you in our lives. We thank you. It is your presence. It is your spirit that gives us the ability to live in this world and not let the world devour us. Father, we give you all the glory and we give you this time. We ask that the anointing would move in our hearts and that you would do something incredible in our lives. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. So we've been in this series, In It But Not Of It. We spent the first few weeks talking about some of the things that Jesus said that kind of make you go, whoa, that's, that's kind of heavy there. And we don't hear a lot about that. And, you know, we always hear the nice things Jesus says. I love you and you're forgiven and those things. But what about the times when he tells the disciples, hey, I'm sending you into the world as sheep amongst wolves. You know, whoa, wait a minute here. I, you know, when, you, when I read that, I'm thinking, man, what happened to nice Jesus? What happened to good old Father God, that Papa God love, that he just doesn't want me to go through anything, and he's just always on my side, and I believe he is. I believe all those things. But it's interesting that as much as Jesus is loving, he also tells the truth. How many know we should be that same way? We can't always just be loving Paul said this, you got to tell the truth in love. And he doesn't just say, I'm with you always. He doesn't just say, you know, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. 
he also tells you how it is. And he said to the disciples, he says, hey, I'm sending you into the world like sheep, harmless, unarmed, unto the world which they're like wolves seeking to devour. Now, he says these things, but he also makes sure that he, he, he's telling us, you're not alone in this. He's basically pointing a picture. Without me, the world's going to eat you up. Without me, you don't stand a chance in the world. Now, I wish some of us would get this because there are too many so-called Christians trying to get through life without God's help. Oh, come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor he's talking to you. We're trying to, this is why, check this out. And you could say, no, that's not true. This is why we can't yet be disciplined enough to run to God's house every week. Because we think, we got this. We got this. So we'll go to church once a month, every other month. And then others of us go through life thinking we got this, never accessing the riches of Jesus through our giving. Listen, this this truth is so much in me. And hear, hear what I'm saying now. I am afraid to get away from the things of God. I'm afraid not to do right because I'm relying on his grace to get me through this life. And here's the problem with most of us. We trust our flesh too much. (laughs) You actually think your marriage is going to make it without Jesus. You actually think you're going to raise some good kids without God in their life. Interesting. See, I learned a long time ago, I'm not smart enough to do it without God. I'm not good enough to do it without God. I wish some of us this morning would get this revelation. Hear me now. Ooh, you ain't all that. I know this ain't, this ain't that happy Sunday morning message here, but remember, we got to speak the truth in love and then it'll get happy at the end, okay? We got we to give it the truth because we got too many Christians trying to do life without Jesus. We're treating Jesus like a religion, like the Buddhists, the Muslims. We're treating it like it's a, a list of beliefs that we adhere to but don't do. They did a poll, you know, and they said that they still consider the United States of America a Christian nation. But you and I know this. They're in a lot of Christian in the nation. But we consider it that because when they did a poll and they said, how many, what do you consider yourself? A Baptist, I mean, a Buddhist, a Muslim or a Christian? Most people will say Christian. Why? Because they know Jesus existed. But you and I both know it's faith in his goodness, in his grace, in his sacrifice that makes us children of God. If you don't believe me, check this out. The devil believes in Jesus. Is he saved? No. So it's not about what you believe. It's about what you have faith in that you believe. Are you guys tracking with me? 
And so we've got to get this understanding because, see, there's too many Christians. You, you try to do this on your own. And then, we, and then we, start, we start putting our own rules on this thing and our own way about it. And we start getting away from God's word. And we start saying things like, well, I don't need to be a part of a church to be a Christian. I don't, I don't need to give to, to show that I love Jesus. That's, that's not what the word says. The Bible tells me that where my treasure is, that's where my heart is. See, then we begin to have a problem here. We begin to see that there's one throne on your heart, but we want to put two people in it. We want to put Jesus on the throne on Sunday. Jesus, you can have the throne on Sunday. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, sorry, you had a flashback right there. We want to put us on that throne. Come on, Saturday, love. We want to be on that throne. And then we'll get off the throne and let you be on it on Sunday, God. And that's the way most people do it. But the problem is when you do it that way, the, you got to remind yourself, I am a sheep in a world full of wolves. And what do sheep do to wolves? They destroy them. They rip them to shreds. They eat them for lunch. And I have just described how life is treating some of you. Now, some of you have just learned to accept it. Well, this is just how it is. Nobody's marriage in my family ever works. All my cousins have kids from people and babies, mamas, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. But did you know Satan steals from you when you allow life to happen like that? Listen, the kids that you birth deserve a mother and a father in their life. Now, I get it. Life happens. I, please do not feel condemned. I'm not coming against that. If it's happened any other way, please hear my heart. That's not what I'm saying. But at some point for your next generation, you've got to teach them. We have to teach them. There's a better way, son. There's a better way, son. Daughter, there's a better way. Some of us have our our lives have been jacked up for so long. We just think this is the way it is. Mom never had money. Dad never had money. Cousins don't have money. Nobody has businesses. Nobody does anything. My deals are all alcoholics. This person's a marijuana over here, and that's just the way we're just getting through life. You know what's happening? The world is devouring you. And here's the problem. We got Christians living like that still. But the Lord sent me here this morning to tell you we could be in the world, but not of the world. How do we do that, Pastor? We got to go to the book. And look what Jesus says to 12 guys that spent three years with him. I want to put that in perspective right here, okay? Because, see, some of us have been serving God, but these dudes ate, drank, and slept with Jesus 24-7. They got to touch him. They got to sit at his feet, hear his teaching. They got to be embraced by him. They got to, they got to be around him. And look what Jesus says to them. Uh, go, back to that, go back to the first portion of that scripture there. It says, and being assembled together with the three guys that he's been with for three years, he says, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. That, that, that's like, wait, what? Wait a minute. They spent three years with Jesus the living word in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh. The living word of God, they spent three years with him and they still were not ready to do a doggone thing for the kingdom. 
Man, I wish somebody would get this revelation today because we got too many ministries, too many pastors, too many churches, too many Christians trying to do stuff in their own power. When Jesus himself, he understood this, I alone, ooh, catch this, is not enough for these disciples. They need another ingredient. And his name is the Holy Spirit. I know, it almost sounds like blasphemy. Because we all know Jesus is, you know, everything. But it's interesting, though, that the three are one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus comes to these guys. He's given them everything. He's given them his all. He's poured his life into them. He's taught them. He's loved them. And now he comes to them and says, y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. And what happens? He says, go to Jerusalem. And he begins to describe an incident that's going to happen in their lives. He said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What is that talking about? We talked about this the last couple of weeks. Uh, baptism basically means to be immersed, immersed. Uh, uh, same way when you're baptized as, you know, when you get baptized, what do we do? We immerse you in the, in the water, okay? And you go under the water, which means this, you're, you're overcome by his power, by his spirit. Jesus says to them, you're not ready, but wait in, the, wait in Jerusalem because what's going to come is the Holy Spirit is going to immerse you in his power. People, had I not experienced that in my life, I would not be here today. Some of you, you need to experience this in your life. Because if it was, if, if the, the disciples, three years looking face to face with Jesus, was not enough for them to accomplish destiny, how come you think you're going to be all right without it? I don't understand it. I don't understand the world. Other than knowing this, the Bible tells us that the carnal mind is at war with the things of God. The faster you learn that, the faster you can get to obeying the Lord. Because some of us, we hold to our carnal mind, like it is just as powerful as the word, and it is not. It is not. The carnal mind, your mind, will, and emotions will lie to you. They'll tell you, I don't feel like serving God. This does not feel good. This is not good for me because it's uncomfortable, because it's this, because that. You listen to that, you'll never get the things that God wants in your life. What we need to learn to do is learn God's word and be obedient to that. And so what, so Jesus, this whole thing Jesus is trying to show us today in 2018 is you can't do life, you can't do destiny without the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's that power that gives you the ability to overcome the world. And it was so important to Jesus. He said, I got to leave. I got to go so the comforter can come. So I want to introduce him to you a little bit more because, see, we have, we're in a world right now that they think the Holy Spirit is a dove. They think he's a bird. Those things are used to describe how he came in a room, how he showed up on the scene. 
But he's not a bird. He's not a cloud. He's a person. And do you remember when you met Jesus at the altar? You answered a prayer. You said, Jesus, come into my life, and you met him. Do you know you need to meet the Holy Spirit the same way? And you need to receive the Holy Spirit and be filled and baptized with his power? Because without it, the world's going to eat your lunch. The world and all its ideas. So what is so Jesus says here, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He's going to baptize you with what? He's going to baptize you with power. And it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, we look at that, and, and because we've been, a lot of us have been raised in traditional religious churches, we think that means, oh, the, when I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, power is going to hit me, and I'm going to vibrate around the room. I'm going to, you know, shake. I'm just going to, that's the power. Wow, you got hit with power. Did you know that's just a a manifestation of the power? That's not the power. But a lot of churches and a lot of Christians have made that the end game. I want to have that experience. I want to vibrate. I want to know what that feels like. And they feel it and and nothing changes. That's not what God's talking about here. He's saying the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and give you power. Now, what does that word power mean? I've been hammered in you for three weeks. The word power means the ability to get results. That's what power means. So he says this, after that, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive the ability to get results. What does that mean? What areas of your life do you need results? The Holy Spirit gives you the power for it. You want the ability to be a better husband? Get the Holy Spirit. You want the ability to be a better mom? Get the Holy Spirit. You want the ability to have the wisdom to start a business? Get the Holy Spirit. You want to raise good kids? Get the Holy Spirit. Whatever you want to get results in, everybody say it with me. Get the Holy Spirit. It's what it is. But we've been hearing messages about the power of God. and You need the power of God. And we've just thought the power of God is so I could go up and vibrate and, you know, fall on the ground and shake and, and speak in tongues and all that. It's so much more than that. Sure, those things might happen. They might happen. But when you get up, you're going to be better at getting results in whatever it is. The power of the Holy Spirit makes you a better worker on your job. It makes your business go to another level. But see, here's what we do. We chase everything else but the Holy Spirit. Everything else. But when you really discern the scriptures, God is telling you this. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and make your natural supernatural. Man, I wish some of you knew me in high school. I know there's a few faces here. Y'all knew me. But that dude is not this dude. Mondo's laughing because I know you, you know. Check this out. I used to go to the Catholic church with Mondo over at St. Rose. And we had a prayer meeting there one day. I was eighth grade, I think. And this preacher came through there. He used to do these meetings at the Catholic church. And his name was Joseph. And anybody remember the junkyard dog from WWE? Remember the junkyard dog? This guy looked dead on the junkyard dog. 
So we used to call him Junkyard Joseph. <laughs> sorry, sorry, it wasn't nice, but we used to go. The JYJ, we called him, okay? And this guy came in one time. I was 18 years old, couldn't even clean my room, was struggling through life, just was a mess. He comes, he looks at me, and he says, one day you're going to be a preacher. You know what I did? I laughed in that fool's face. In the midst of everybody, everybody standing around, I was like, yeah, right. And all my buddies in here were laughing and, and stuff like that. Who's laughing now? JYJ's laughing, that's right. You know what happened? I came in contact with the power of God. And the old person I was died, and God gave me power to do what? Fulfill my destiny. Now, had my destiny been in business, God would have gave me the power to fulfill destiny in business. And I'd have been a millionaire. Oh, yeah, I'd have been a millionaire. My dad's going, oh, mijo, why didn't you get in there? Why didn't you do it? <laughs> wasn't my destiny. Because the power comes for you to fulfill destiny. So my destiny was to be a preacher, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. The power came in me to do it. That may not be your destiny. What's your destiny? What is it that God is calling you to do? The power of the Holy Spirit is there for that. Are you tracking with me? Oh, you know, we got people, oh, I just can't wait to have babies. I can't wait to have kids. I hear that sometimes it gets me nervous. Because, see, a poverty mindset always wants but has no capacity to manage. You want a baby, but do you know how to raise that baby? No, I just want a baby. Yeah, that's pretty much what happens. But what happens when the Holy Spirit comes and he gives you the ability to be a mother? We raise champions. We raise inventors. We raise kids that go to college. We raise business owners. We raise lawyers, doctors. Are you tracking with me today? Because, see, we have a problem right now. So many of us are locked in our circumstance. Nobody's marriage in my family made it, so I'm probably going to be the same. Nobody in my family has money, so I'm probably going to. No, because if you can come in contact with the power of the Holy Spirit, his power comes in you to get results for what you're called to do. And you'll be the first in your family. You'll be the first. You'll be the first. I was the first in my family to do a lot of things. I've gone to almost 30, 35 different nations now. And I ain't got money for all that. God did it. He's doing it. Tonight, I get on a plane to Malaysia. This is probably my, I don't know, 10th time going to Malaysia tonight. I love it. It's a miracle that I get to do this. But you know what happened? I came in contact with the Holy Spirit's power to get results to fulfill my destiny. I want you to hear this because God's power is ready for you to fulfill your destiny. He wants to make good moms, good husbands, good, good wives, good kids. Come on. He wants you to fulfill that. He wants homeowners. Did you know we have a covenant promise to own homes in here? Some of y'all ain't going to get it. But see, here's the thing. You won't get it as long as you don't give control to Jesus. Because you think 
I'm straight. You so unstraight, you crooked. You ain't good without God. You ain't good without God. It's always crazy to me, people that marry people that don't have God. Crazy. That's the craziest thing you could do, say person. You got a boyfriend that don't know God. That is the dumbest thing you could ever do with your life. I'm just going to let that marinate right there. Somebody needs to hear that. Why? Because the Bible says God is love. The fool don't know God. He don't know love. And what he got with you is not love. Something else. I'm going to just let that go right there. Okay. Let me get back in the word before I get in trouble. I feel a brick spirit in the back there. So what is that? The power, the ability to get results. So God gives us the power, it says here, to be a witness. You know what that means? The power to serve God. See, you still think you got this thing. Well, you know, I'm a Christian now. I got this. No prayer. No giving of the offerings and tithes. No, no serving. No building. Is, no, no nothing. But we got this. No, you don't have anything. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, this Christian life is near impossible. It's near impossible. Here's what we, what we begin to do is instead of getting free from sin, we become better at hiding the sin. Only difference between you and then is you hide it better now. Before you was posting it on Facebook. Now you're on the tuck. Some people still post it on Facebook. But, but we just get better at hiding it. But here's the problem. Open sin or hidden sin is the same result. Death. 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 It's going to be death. Something in your life's dying every time you continue to go towards that sin. Something's dying. The wages of sin is death is what the word of God says. So the power comes to be first a witness. Means what? Give me the ability to serve God. It's amazing people try to have a prayer life without God's help. Your prayer life, I guarantee you, without the Holy Spirit helping you, is going to be real little. Your prayer life's going to be this. Now I lay me down to sleep. I praise the Lord, my soul to keep. If I die before I wake... I praise the Lord, my soul to take. Amen. I prayed my prayers today. It's going to be, you know, at the dinner table, just, Lord, bless this food and help it to nourish our bodies and bless the hands that prepared it. And that is your prayer life. That seems nice, but ain't no power in that. You got to go deeper. And that's why the first thing the Holy Spirit does, and if you didn't hear last week's message, you need to get it. First thing he does is he gives us a prayer language. First thing he does when he hops on the scene, baptizes with fire, gives us a prayer language. It's the power to be a witness. Why? Because the key to a strong Christian life is prayer. But you can't have a strong prayer life without the power of the Holy Spirit. So what do most Christians have? Weak, lame prayer lives. So what does that translate into? Weak, lame lives. And when you have a weak, lame life, you always run back to the world. Amen? Always, you always will. You'll always run back to it. So the Holy Spirit gives you the power to be a witness. Next thing, the power to fulfill your God-given destiny. We talked about that and the power uh, for everything you're doing in the born-again life. So what is that word, the Holy Spirit? What does the name the Holy Spirit mean? Well, in the Greek, they use the word the parakletos. It means this, he's an advocate. Let me introduce you to your friend today. He's an advocate. 
Now, some people don't know what an advocate is. It's a law term. It's somebody. It's like a lawyer that pleads your case on your behalf. Whatever you're dealing with, the Holy Spirit always takes it on himself for your benefit. He's your advocate. You know what that means? He fights for you. He pleads your case before the courts of heaven. He pleads your case against the enemy. He fights for you. He goes before you. He's your advocate. What is it you need? The Holy Spirit in you goes before the Father and gets it for you. What is it you're dealing with? What is it you've been through? What is it that has happened to you that was unjust? You have an advocate in the Holy Spirit. You need to get to know him. But that word parakletos, Holy Spirit, also means this. He's your intercessor. He intercedes on behalf of you. Now, see, many of us grew up in the Catholic Church, and we were taught through the church that Mary was our intercessor and that the Virgin Mary went before God to pray for y'all and to help you. But did you me just help you with that? That is not in the Bible. It sounds nice because we kind of relate to that because in most families, the mom petitions for the kids. How many know that's true? They're hollow, they're hollow. Come on, you are all that growing up. Leave them alone. Don't do it. The mom would advocate for the kids. And so in human thinking, people thought, well, then let's put the Virgin Mary as our advocate. She's not the advocate. She was the vessel in which Jesus came into the world. And we're forever thankful for her. Praise God for Mary. But she's not your advocate, according to the Bible. According to the Bible, the Holy Spirit is your advocate and your intercessor. And he creates intercession for you through groanings that cannot be uttered, it says in the book of Romans. He prays for you. How does he pray for you? Every time you just get in the prayer, your prayer closet or you walk your bedroom floor and you allow the Holy Spirit to pray through you through those, through those other tongues. What does the Bible say? You're praying the mysteries of God, the perfect will of God through praying in the Spirit. He prays for you. What else does he do? He's your legal assistant. As I said, the parakletos, it's amazing that it uses that term because these are legal terms. He's your helper. He basically put it in a nutshell. He's got your back like a jetpack. He's got you. What is it you need help with in life? You got the Holy Spirit. Look at look what Jesus called him also the comforter, the comforter. You've been abused. You've been hurt. You got a comforter. He's a consoler. You know what a consoler does? Picks you up when you fall. Oh, my gosh. How many have ever fallen in here? How many of you are liars? Because if you didn't raise your hand, you're a doggone liar. Man, when I've messed up, when I've made a mistake, He's always there when I run to prayer to pick me up and console me. And I love his voice. His voice to me is, you got this. It's going to be all right. I forgive you. That's his voice. How could you not want to run into his presence when that's his voice? You're going to be all right. It's all good. I got you. That's the Holy Spirit. Helper, comforter, consoler. Look at the last one there. Encourager. We live in a world right now that is dark. It's dark. 
You don't believe me? That's why we're having problems in, in the mental realm all over the United States. One in five people right now are seeking help for mental problems like depression, anxiety, panic attacks. It's all over the place. Some of us in here might be dealing with that if the statistics are right. And it's nothing to sneer at. It's nothing to, you know, oh, man, that's messed up. No, it's a real, real thing. One in five Americans. So there's a lot of us in here, if those numbers are correct, that are dealing with these things. But see, I believe a big part of why we're dealing with these things is because we overlook who's on the inside of us. We don't hear enough messages about the Holy Spirit. We don't hear enough messages about his power, his ability, and who he is. But you need to hear him because why? He's the answer to the depression. He's the answer to the panic attacks. He's the answer to those things. He is. You know what the world's answer is? The world's answer is basically medication. Medication. Now, I'm not telling you to stop taking your meds if you're on psych meds or whatever. Take them. Take them. Tell your neighbor, take them. Okay? But here's the thing. Meds don't solve the problem. They help you cope with the problem. The Holy Spirit removes the problem. But you got to get to know him. You got to get to know him. Can I get an amen on that? Tell your neighbor, get to know him. So look at, look at here, John 14, 26. Look what else it says about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 in the NIV says this. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Do y'all see that? You know what's encouraging there? It says he will teach you all things. Do you know what that word all means right there? It means all. All things. Jesus, who cannot lie. Remember, if Jesus lies once, the whole thing's a sham. He cannot lie, comes and he says this. The Holy Spirit will come, okay? And when he comes, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. Okay, what is that about, guys? What is, what is this? Why is it saying this? What is going on here? You know what Jesus is trying to do? Point you to the Holy Spirit. Remember when you used to pray in class about before you took that test, some of you? You had some deep prayer times in college. Oh, Lord, help me right here. If you help me, I'll go to church Sunday. And you, you start making those deals. Listen, that ain't a bad thing to do. Because it says here, he'll teach you all things. You know what it's trying to do? Teach us how to rely on the Holy Spirit. That's all it's trying to do. I don't care what, what, what world you're in. If you're a coach, it teach you how to coach better. If you're a financial planner, teach you how to do that better. It teach you how to be a better mom, better dad, teach you way beyond your circumstances. You're going to have the best kids, and they're going to look at your life, and they're going to go, wait a minute, he didn't have a dad. Why is he such a good dad? The Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. The mom was all messed up. They didn't live together. How come she's such an amazing lady? The Holy Spirit. But you know what most of us want to do? We want to bring up excuses. Well, I didn't have this, and that's why, mijo, I'm not a good dad. No. 
no. Well, you know, well, my dad never did those things, so I don't know how to do those things, mijo, and so that's why I'm a bad dad. No. No, it's not a good reason. Apologize to him. Quit telling him that. That might be the reason, but guess what? The Holy Spirit can teach you all things. Can I just take all the excuses and can we just throw them out? You know what excuses are? Excuses will keep you lame, keep you the same, keep you whack, however you want to say it. Let's get rid of them because now Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will teach you all things if you let him. Amen? Amen. All th- tell your neighbor all things. Tell him everything. All right, there we go. So what else is he here? Write this down. He is a teacher. He's a teacher. But see, you think he only teaches you the word. No, he'll teach you about life if you listen to him. He's been trying to teach some of you how to treat your spouse better, but you don't listen to him. You don't listen to him because you got this. I'm straight. No, you ain't. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you all things. He's a teacher. But see, the problem is we ain't listening. We ain't listening. If you listen, he'll teach you, okay? Uh, He'll remind you, it says here, he'll teach you all things and will remind you of everything. Listen, I have said to you. So here's the job of the teacher, the Holy Spirit. He will bring up the words of Jesus in situations. Amen? Amen. So everybody's in the break room and they're gossiping about your boss. I can't stand that man. Who dresses him anyway? Blah, blah, blah. He always got an attitude. He needs it. Him and his wife must be having problems. You walk in. The Holy Spirit says, don't be a part of this. You're going to have a choice. You're going to listen to that or are you going to join right in too? I know. Did you see his shoes? What are those? You can join right in. And did you know what happens? The Holy Spirit's voice gets weaker and weaker the less you listen to it. Gets weaker and weaker the less you listen to it. So you're at work or you're at the grocery store. I'm just going to say the grocery store, not Walmart. We're backing off of Walmart. We love Walmart. But you're at the grocery store. If somebody has an attitude with you, and you hear this voice, just let it go. Just let it go. But you say, uh-uh. My own mom don't even talk to me that way. See, what voice are you going to listen to? Because he's trying to teach you, and he's reminding you with the words of Jesus. Turn the other cheek, and he'll give you a script, and you'll fill all this. But what are you going to listen to? Here's my advice to you. Learn to listen to the teacher. Take baby steps. Learn to listen to the teacher. Because the more you listen to him, the stronger his voice comes. Stronger his voice comes. It blows my mind when Christians are like, I, don't, I just don't hear God. That's because you don't listen. Sound like somebody's dad right there. Me, that's because you don't listen. You got to listen. Let's keep going. What else is he? John 16, 12 through 15. Jesus said this, I have much more to say to you, more than you can even bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. 
He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive and he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Holy Spirit is a guide. He's a guide. He's a guide. You don't have to wander through life. Wander through life, wandering, don't know where you're going, bouncing to and fro, just kind of hoping things work out. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. No, you got a guide. And what does a guide do? He says, go here, don't go there. Be with these people, stay away from those people. But here's the problem. We don't listen to the guide. He's guiding you. He led you here today. He led you around. Single people, he will guide you who you should be with. And he will tell you who you need to run from. And while you're running, you hit, a, hit him with the Bible on the way out. No. He's a guide, people. He's a guide. Let me show you another one. 1 John 2, 20. 20 and 27. I put these together. It says this. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. I want, to, I want you to catch that. Say, it's in me. And you do not need that anyone teach you about it, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. The Holy Spirit, he is the one who anoints you. But here's the crazy thing about understanding why you need the Holy Spirit so much. We're so conditioned in the church to seek things outside of us. Okay? Somebody comes to church and we lay hands on people here. We do that and we're expecting something to hit us from the outside. But look at what John is telling us here. The Holy Spirit's in you and his anointing resides within it's in you. It's in you, Jack. It's in you, Vinny. It's in you, Octavio. It's in you, Rogelio. It's in you, Billy. It's in you. Some of you are looking around. Billy? We got a Billy here? <laughs> it's in you. I threw all of y'all off right there. Who's he talking to, Octavio? We got an Octavio now? I didn't know. Got to get on Facebook. He's the one that anoints you. But the anointing which you receive from him, it's in you. It's in you. That's what's so crazy. Imagine trying to build a house with no tools. But you got the tools. You just ain't using them. Some of y'all trying to be married, got no tools, and the Holy Spirit's waiting right there with the toolbox. I'm going to help you when you're ready. Would you just tell me when? I got a hammer for that. I got a screwdriver for that. And here's you. I got this. I'm straight. I got it. Can I just tell you again? You ain't got nothing. You need him. And the anointing that you need is already in you. That's the crazy thing. And some of us, we've been living broken relationship to broken relationship to broken relationship. And you read in books. And you listen to messages, and those are great things, but the anointing you need is in you. 
Somebody once told me a long time ago, the anointing is caught and not taught. You can't always learn stuff. We love to learn stuff in America. Learning. We're addicted to learning. Teach me learning. But do you know teaching and learning is not changing? Just because you know something don't mean it's in you. Amen? We're addicted to it, though. It's one, teach me, teach me, teach me. No, you got to experience it. You got to catch it. You got to encounter it. We want to this ain't just another teaching on the Holy Spirit. So you can go out and put it in the Holy Spirit file in your brain and you don't ever experience nothing. No, you got to experience some of this stuff. And the Holy Spirit is the one who anoints you and the anointing is already in you. It's in you. Now, you want to know what else is crazy about that? This is going to help some of you right here. You're going to need people to get it out of you. Some of you will go years with an anointing inside of you, but you've never allowed anybody to bring it out of you. You will die with that anointing in you unless you allow people to come and speak and bring it out of you. And that's a problem for some people because we don't want to listen to nobody. We don't want no one telling us what to do. We don't want to submit to nobody. We don't want to listen to anybody. So guess what's going to happen? That anointing that's in there will stay locked up. And this is why we've got to get a new mentality in America today. That authority is not bad. I got four amens on that. And you want to know why? Because we all struggle with that. We don't want people in our business. We don't want no one telling us what to do. We don't want to hear their points of view. And you know what will happen? The anointing in you will stay locked up. Because the anointing, check this out. When you read the New Testament, what brings us to our best is community. Others. That's why God puts us in churches. And we go to churches, and you know what happens in churches? We get our feelings hurt. Somebody says something we don't like. We get pushed a little bit. We get pulled a little bit. And know what a lot of people will do? Leave. But you know what strong people that love the Lord will do? Allow those experiences to grow them up. Because there's not a place you can go where people won't hurt you. There ain't. You're looking for something that don't exist. If you got a family, how many know family will hurt you? Oh, family will crush you. Right? The ones that are closest to you hurt you the most, right? So let me help you with something. There's no sense in running from people because we're all imperfect. Your family will hurt you. You get hurt at your job. You're going to get hurt with your buddies at the bar. Some of you have been hurt there before. You get hurt at church. But you know what we learn to do? We learn to rely on the Holy Spirit to get through it. Amen. Are you guys tracking with us today? Okay, let me give you a few more and I'll let you go here. Okay, so the next one. Go ahead and look at 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 11. This is the one I need you to get today because this is, to me, the most important one here. Oh, I'm sorry. I gave you the right scripture there. I'm sorry. Galatians 5, 16 through 23. This is what I want you to catch today. Galatians 5, 16 through 23. It says this. It says this. I say then, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. 
And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Now, let me stop right here for a moment. What is Paul talking about here? He's talking about this. Walk in the spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit live in you? In your spirit. So when it's saying this, it's basically saying this. Walk in or with the Holy Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the lust or the desires of your flesh war against the spirit. Do you guys see that? It goes against. It's anti. That's why I preach so strong sometimes. You want to know why I got to come strong sometimes? Because the voice of the world is yelling at you 24-7. And it's telling you, go ahead. If it feels good, do it. It's telling you, I ain't got to put up with this. It's telling you, I get what I want. But the Spirit of God, the Bible says this, the Spirit and the flesh are going to be at war. But if you listen to your spirit, you'll overcome your flesh. You know what will happen if you just listen to your flesh? You guys ready? Your marriage dies. You want to know what happens to your relationship with your kids if you listen to your flesh? It breaks. It weakens. You want to know what happens to your career if you listen to your flesh? It stalls. The flesh don't produce anything worthy. See, you think your biggest problem is Satan. No, guess who your biggest problem is? You. And you're going to be your worst enemy or your greatest ally. You think the problem's your husband. That's so funny to me. You think the problem in your marriage is them. It's you. Can I tell you another secret? It's always you. I just made somebody mad right there. Oh, no, it ain't. No, it ain't. You don't know what they do, and they're doing stuff, and I don't know why I'm talking like this, but this is how you sound. Because I learned a long time ago, when I change, everything changes. When I change, everything changes. If I can learn to understand this, without the Holy Spirit, I don't got nothing. Some of you still think you got stuff without him. No, remove that. But look what he says here, the spirit and the flesh war. If you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. It says this, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, which is control. Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries of the like, in which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past. But listen to this. But those who practice such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. But it says here, but the fruit of the spirit, it's love, joy, Peace, long-suffering. Do y'all see that word long-suffering? You know what that word long-suffering means? Suffering a long time. That's real deep, isn't it? And you've been married a year, and you like, 
He just don't get it. I'm done with this thing. No, no, no. You know what you need a little bit of? Long suffering. You get a new job. You don't like it right away. You know what you need? Some long suffering. Because the problem with most things in life is we don't stay with it long enough. We just celebrated 19 years. Am I glad God gave us both some long suffering? Because there were some times we had short suffering. It didn't look good. We had short suffering. But through the Holy Spirit, he tells you this. Suck it up, buttercup. Amen? Look what else the Holy Spirit gives you. Kindness, goodness. Ooh, here's a good one. Faithfulness gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. The last thing I want you to see here that the Holy Spirit is, listen, he's a changer of hearts. He's a changer of hearts. He's a changer of hearts. Man, do we need new hearts. Man, every day I pray, God, keep my heart clean. Keep my heart right. Help me to have a good heart when people hurt me, when people talk against me. Lord, help me to have a good heart towards you when you don't think, when you don't do what I think you should do by now. Anybody ever had that talk with God? Well, I thought I'd be married by now. Well, I thought I'd have a million dollars by now. Well, I thought I'd have a bigger church by now. Guess what? Get some long suffering. Guess what? Trust the Lord. Amen. Guess what? Get over it. See, this is big boy church today, amen? Tell your neighbor, we're having big boy church today. It's big boy church. Because what happens when those things are exposed in my heart, you know what it shows me? My heart needs to change. My heart needs to change. Because who am I to tell God when it's time for what in my life? Who am I to say, God, I thought we'd be in that church by now. Where's them thousand people, Lord, that you showed me in that vision? How come we're still over here at James Rudder? You know what? God's like, oh, is that what this thing's about? Success? Take another lap, son. Take another lap. Take another lap. Anytime we start arguing with God about the timing of our lives, do a heart check. Because you ain't in it for the right reason. Well, I thought I'd be doing this. Yeah. You know what? God thought you'd be further along too. He thought your heart would be better too. And it ain't. So when I need a heart change, guess who I got to go to? Guess who I got to spend time with? Because the Bible calls these things fruit of the spirit. Which means they only come from him. Are you guys seeing this today? And you trying to get these things coming to church for an hour and a half every Sunday one time? You can't fake the funk on a nasty dunk in the words of Shaquille O'Neal. You can't fake this. These things aren't produced overnight, but they are produced when you spend time with the Holy Spirit. I spent all this time this morning trying to whet your appetite for a friend that is already in your life, but yet we ignore him. We get up every day, we don't even talk to him. We get in their cars, he's sitting in the passenger seat, 
and we just crank up the radio. He's there when you're crying. He's there when you're complaining. He was there at the club with some of you last night. He was there when you was lighting up. Oh, I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it. He'll always be there. But here's the thing. You got to meet him. You got to introduce yourself to him. You got to just the same way you did for Jesus, come into my life. You need to allow him to immerse himself in your life. You need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Baptism in the Holy Spirit doesn't have to take place in a church. My old pastor got baptized in the Holy Spirit watching Christian TV. He put the TV on, was watching the message. The guy said, you want to be baptized? Lift your hands right now and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. He did it in the middle of watching that TV show. Boom. He started praying in other tongues. Never been the same. You go home today. You don't want to do it here. Go into your private prayer closet. Say, God, I heard that word today. Fill me with your presence. I need you because I'm messing up my own life. It ain't the devil. It's that flesh. It's that old you. It's that spirit of the world that you resign to. Break covenant with the world and come all the way in with God. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.